Hey guys, it's Todd from the Brick and Data Podcast. Today, Jose and I have a very cool interview to share with you from shop.org this year. And we ran into a company called, a small company called IRL. And that means what you think it might mean in real life. And their bread and butter is that they're trying to take product, take brands, and place them into areas of our daily lives that may not be online and they may not be in a retail store. So what IRL is doing is connecting brands with new and desirable customers in the right places and at the right time. And this is done by using emerging channels or existing places where we might go after work, before work, at night, over the weekend, such as Airbnb or a WeWork or health clubs. And what IRL is doing is not only making it possible, but super easy for these brands to cut through the noise and make their products the center of attention. So in other words, they're taking brands of all types. They might make a beer, they might make a chair, they could make a towel, it could be anything. And they're placing them into locations that we already go on a daily basis that aren't necessarily online or in a store. And it's getting this extra brand exposure that wasn't there before. It's that section of retail that hasn't really been focused on yet. And I would wager that this is going to be a part of retail that will boom over the next few years as many more of these other channels start appearing. Like I said before, like Airbnb, all these other locations that we spend our time in that may not be at home on our computers or may not be in the office or may not be online in a web browser, but other locations that we spend our time and our money is there ready to be spent also. So let's listen to Jen Liston co-founder of IRL. What we're doing is connecting great products with people in all the best environments and so um, what we call the best environments is things like Airbnb and WeWork and various different other co-working spaces as well as gyms um, and most recently we started working with some, a few aviation lounges and things like that so um, a great one we bought on board is Blade and those not familiar with Blade it's um, a very unique uh, offering, so it basically flies people from Manhattan to the Hamptons, so we work with them on their lounge and, and different places like that. And essentially, uh, to give a little bit of an idea of how it all works, the sure. user journey is you'd enter your Airbnb, so you arrive on your holiday, super excited to be there, and sitting on the bench or in the fridge as you arrive is a six-pack of Corona. Beside that six-pack of Corona is a piece of marketing material, uh, and with that's a call to action. So the call to action might be a discount code for sure. to get some you know extra case delivered, or most likely it's going to be something like to drive you to first-party data or to collect some user-generated content in the form of a review. Um, and so what we're seeing is there's just a lot of brands who are looking to connect with consumers in a way that's super authentic, um, but also being able to connect that real-world, tangible experience of, you know, within the liquor example, it's called liquid mm-hmm. on lips, <laughs> those <laughs> nice. kind of things. Nice. Um, and I mean, we work with such I'm a diverse range of brands, <laughs> everything from, as I say, Corona sure. to HelloFresh to L'Oreal to Chobani to Purple Mattress is one of our key clients. So um, you can imagine working in homes with Airbnb, the diversity of the categories we can work in is super large. And that's, as we were talking earlier, to the, um, the group of us, it, it seems like you are taking something that uh, in a different context, meaning mm. that uh, we, we talked about showroom, not showrooms, mm. but um, uh, fitting rooms, mm-hmm. right? When in, in apparel, when there's someone in a fitting room, there's a high likelihood of purchase. And here, it seems like the experience, it's not just a purchase, it's beyond that. It's a little bit more about the experience and experiencing the product firsthand yeah. and then engaging 
with our product, whether it's beer or whether it's makeup or anything else like Absolutely. this. Or a pillow. And so I think, like, I mean, I'm a bit of a romantic in these kind of things, and I, I genuinely do believe that there's something in that holiday romance, and that's why I think Airbnb and boutique hotels, and it's not new to be putting products into holiday environments. Like, there's been bar fridges, and, you know, you'd any hotel you go to, there's robes, and you can buy pillows and things like that. Um, I guess what we're trying to do differently is do it in a way that is really unique to the guests like they're always full-size products so you don't feel like you're getting little samples and you just squeeze it out <laughs> tapping the bottle it's annoying so we're trying to really create these great brand experiences cutting through the noise like we always say the reason that we're called IRL is because there's digital and then there's retail and then in between all that there's real life and that's where people actually exist and that's where everything happens and so we're just helping brands to access people in those environments and do it in a way that is genuine, authentic, and most likely to convert. The conversion is no doubt the important thing. And I'm guessing when you are, when you're speaking with, see, I'm thinking of like a triangle between you, the experience, and the product slash brand, mm -hmm. right? So you've got maybe you and Airbnb, you meaning IRL, mm -hmm. Airbnb and the brand. Mm -hmm. How does that I understand the relationship between the three and the importance and what you arrange between the three pieces, but what is that process of actually getting that nailed down when you are, you know, when you're looking to work with a new brand or looking to work with, you know, a new experience, whether it's uh, another version of an Airbnb of sorts, what is that like? What is that process like? It seems like, it seems like a lot to orchestrate. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's less about here's the brand, find that, we okay. have a network. So we're continually growing that. We've got 30,000 Airbnb properties at the moment, and that's in the US, and then exponentially growing that. Mm -hmm. At the moment, it's really just a partnership basis on that side of things, mm -hmm. um, again, with Blade, and then that's just access to thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of people a week we're able to access. Um, and then on the other side, it's just very simple brand sales. You know, mm -hmm. reach out to them, they reach out to us. We get a lot of inbound now. We get a lot of referrals actually, which is great because mm -hmm. it turns out brand managers like us are all friends. <laughs> and so they refer their friends and then we've been also lucky because right. if you can't understand from the accent, I'm Australian. And so we were doing this in Australia for a year before we moved over here. And we're quite strategic with our vision to want to move it up into the US. And so in choosing the brands that we worked with, we liked, you know, we were very careful to choose, sure. well, not completely but we did choose a lot that had um, a global presence which meant that it was an easy in when we came up to them to go hey we've worked with these guys in Oz and Oz is typically a test market for a lot of brands <laughs> like test it on the Aussies and if it works out then you can bring it up here to the real people so yeah we kind of play to that and then um, yeah that's I mean in, to, sorry to answer your question very directly um, the brand creates a brief um, and then what we'll do is it will connect to um, network of distribution partners they'll either opt in to the campaign if it's something that they're interested in and it meets the target demographics that's required once that happens then the product is then dispatched and distributed out and we we usher that through the process we don't actually take control the product we do usher it through the process so it's kind of a turnkey solution for brands in mm. terms of reaching audiences in really cool environments and you, you have some impressive brands mm. um, uh, from Chobani to Corona L'Oreal uh, Red Bull Purple Peroni now just to name a few now mm. is there a type of product uh, that works better with your model than others or would you say it, it yeah, I mean, I think 
what works the best, I mean, yeah, what, is, what we see a lot of is brands that don't have other opportunities to reach their consumers in such a direct way. So for us, we're very liquor and, you know, alcohol heavy, not just because they're things that I enjoy, but because <laughs> they're, um, there's just not many other environments. And we do work a lot with, like, say, sponsorship budgets, and that's what comes to us. So um, you imagine an event like Coachella, there's thousands and thousands of people heading to Palm mm. Springs. And, you know, I know Sephora's got that all locked out with the sponsorship, but it doesn't mean that L'Oreal can't get their products in every Airbnb there, or you can't have Coronas being the first point of contact when you open it up. And you think how powerful that is for a brand to be like the first brand that anyone sees when they arrive at these events and it's all caught up in the emotion and and I think what I'm loving at the moment in terms of like trends that is happening in marketing is everything got really digital and really rigid and it had to be results driven and we didn't do it unless you could test but marketing does have a lot of gut and I think the saying is you know it first comes the emotion and then you justify it with logic afterwards and that's that's very much the case and it's not saying that we don't apply a lot of metrics and data and targeting and things to it but it is nice to see that you know brands are kind of catching on and realizing that maybe they've been a little bit myopic with their Mm. views thinking that it had to all just be like straight digital sales and you know shopper marketing like how do we win because end of the day that's not how you win brand loyalty and you know look at apple that's not how they won everyone (laughs) over it wasn't you know these are the best products necessarily it was like what do i feel about this product and that's kind of what we're playing into so is there some type of co-ownership of success when it comes to the brands and the partners that you're working with um i guess this maybe goes a little bit more direct into the business Mm -hmm. model of yours and the financial model of it and you know how do, how does everyone succeed in this in terms of yeah. success of uh, you know a, of uh, of a brand adoption or an experience or something like that like what what's the end goal of this so um, um, from a metrics con- perspective yeah so yeah. conversion we try and work in terms of sales conversions around about four percent but we sales is really not what we drive towards yeah. we drive towards reviews and so we're kind of seeing in market like a product review can be worth thirty dollars it's not that we charge that but that's what brands are willing to pay these days to kind of get genuine first party data in terms of those reviews and things like that um, so we drive towards that and we do incentivize hosts so they'll get often a bit of a revenue share depending on how the size of the campaign or um, for example with a company that we work with in Australia which is very similar to Casper um, if they're one of the top performing uh, mattress companies and they get the most reviews, then they win free sheets and they win extra money. And like, so we do kind of incentivize them to be really diligent. We also do a lot, like the value that we provide to the brands is a lot around quality control. So checking in to make sure the products are merchandised according to a brief. So we have banks and banks and banks of product photos, which <laughs> kills our data, but you know, it's got to be done just to show that the product is going into the home and it is, if we're saying it's merchandised on the bench, it's merchandised on the bench. If we're mm-hmm. saying it's in the fridge, it's in the fridge, you know, and um, just making sure that those brand experiences are really continued on as far as we can. Sure. And it's interesting that you started in Australia, came to the US. What, what are some key learnings that you've had in terms of the perhaps market differences or the way that you would have to approach partners? Or is there anything you could. Yeah, there is. And I mean, it's just bigger. <laughs> but I mean, we've been really lucky. So the reason we came over when we did is we were accepted into an accelerator program in New York, which is called XRC Labs. 
And if anyone's considered an accelerator and they're in the retail space, I couldn't recommend it any more highly. They've just been incredible in terms of introductions to people. So what might have taken us six months to get in the door of businesses, we've got in like straight away. So that's, I mean, we got lucky in that. We've kind of built a really great network through that. And I think the key difference with Australia is we probably got a little bit less um, like levels what do we call it but like the structure is a little bit more direct so you kind ah, of know okay. who you're going to reach um, and people are a little bit more willing to kind of pass you around to the right person and to be honest they're a little bit younger in Australia I think I see a lot of people who are in these kind of markets um, with brands who have been in there for 20 years and are probably not going anywhere so it is a little bit of a harder sell and I mean I don't mean to be ageist in that sense <laughs> but you know there's kind of a lot of you know bringing new things they've typically got set up over here from what I've seen innovation arms and they're responsible for bringing cool new things in as opposed to in Australia the brand manager is responsible for doing that as well so just less <laughs> interesting interesting well this is awesome I mean I can't thank you enough for coming by Jen um, this what we saw like I said was uh, it, it's a very interesting spin on retail right now mm-hmm. and the way that this is going to help brands influence and you know become part of I guess normal society in mm-hmm. a way right yeah is is something like I don't know I've never seen that before I mean you see it not in real life on Instagram and such, right? That's the closest you can get to that. Yeah. You know, that experience plus product where you see the influencers or, you know, strategic placements online. But that real, that real world aspect to this is kind of neat. And I think, I think we're just going to see more and more of this. I think that in the past, brands have kind of got away, and particularly in recent times with like the content creation, oh, yeah. a lot of marketing sure. has very much been very self-serving. Like, how do it we is. bring you on? We're going to create these things, pretend it's for you, but this is like, hey, here's some beers. <laughs> right. Don't have to watch our ad. Just drink our beers, and if you like it, then hey, do something about you it. You can't so get any like, more direct yeah. <laughs> and influencing than putting beers in front of somebody. Exactly. Um, which is why they have a great tagline, which is they are unapolog- unapologetically analog. Yes, we are. <laughs> we're trying to like, my co-founder likes to say we're bringing analog back, and we're we're making analog sexy and I'm like I'm not sure that's what we're doing but you roll with that Josh <laughs> bringing sexy analog back yeah. analog was ever sexy I don't and know maybe he just like really and really it's all retro Timberlake retro. or something yeah we've purposely gone with a very 90s retro kind of brand and we're trying to be I, I do feel yeah. it. I was looking at your website and it, 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 is, it gives me a retro feel yeah like, I don't want to say 70s because that's that's borderline mean but no. um, it's like a it's definitely a retro feel and it doesn't it places me out of what I normally am used to seeing when you yeah. go to a website, you know. And that's kind of what we want to do. Cool. We want it to kind of be, as I said, everything we do is very genuine. It's very authentic. <laughs> yeah. It's like, let's give people the products and then see what they do with it. And then hopefully we can learn more about them and help you to kind of better your products, better your brand and better your engagement strategies. Awesome. awesome. So I guess if, if, if people want to find out more about you guys, uh, they should go to finditirl.com, right? That's it. Yeah. That's it. So we're just in the middle of our rebrand. We'll be launching in a couple of weeks. So at the moment, it's a holding page, but you know, there's an email address on there, hello at finditirl.com. And I'm very responsive. So if you want to say hi, feel free to reach out. <laughs> Fantastic. Great. Jen Liston, thank you so much for coming by, co-founder of IRL. Uh, good luck to you guys. 